Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. My son, Jake, who's now 49, played my son five years old in straight time. And we told him what to do in the scene. He came in and said, I'm going to do this scene once because I'm drawing trucks. Okay. So we did the scene. When we got, got home. And on the way home, I said, Jake, you know, you said you wanted to act more than anything. You said you loved acting. What do you think about acting now? And he said, I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever done. I said, well, why do you say that? You were great today. One take, you did great. Because, Dad, all you do is pretend, except you play like you're not pretending. He's five years old. Tell him to give me an acting lesson. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. We got a great show, part one of Gary Busey. I'm very excited. You're going to love this guy. He is incredibly inspirational, and he's like nobody else I have ever interviewed in my entire life. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for everything you do. I know I'm a broken record. But I'm so grateful, and I cannot thank you guys enough for everything. If you need to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Twitter and Instagram. And without further ado, I guess I should introduce my guest, who I know you're going to love a lot. So here goes. In 1966, Gary Busey left Tulsa, Oklahoma to make it big as a singing drummer in Hollywood. His band acquired moderate success playing gigs along the Sunset Strip, opening for the likes of Sly and the Family Stone and various other bands. His band Carp was signed to Epic Records and was given a moderate signing bonus to cut their album. When the band broke up, Gary didn't give up and went on to audition for television and film roles after studying with James Best in Studio City, California. Gary's tenacity landed him roles as guest stars in such television shows as Gunsmoke and Beretta, but his standout performance in the film A Star is Born got the attention of Dustin Hoffman, who hired him alongside his son Jake for the movie Straight Time. 
on the heels of hype, Gary landed the second lead in Big Wednesday, now a classic cult surf film, and immediately after he landed the lead role in the Buddy Holly story, which garnered him critical acclaim and an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor in 1978. His pivotal performance as a villain in Lethal Weapon following that earned him the attention of a new generation of fans, and the concept of being hired to play villains became second nature to him. In December 1988, he almost died from a near-fatal motorcycle accident, which left him comatose for three months. After regaining consciousness and with the help of his family, he learned how to eat, walk, and talk. Immediately after his recovery, he began working again with his first film coming back, the cult classic Point Break, a testament to his tenacity, passion, and love of his craft. After his head injury, he met at the White House with Bill Clinton, with whom he helped create language for the Traumatic Brain Injury Act. This significant act was instrumental in passing the Helmet Law in California. In 2012, after his son Luke was afflicted with Kawasaki disease, he started the Busey Foundation for Children's Kawasaki disease to raise awareness of this rare and dangerous ailment with the goal of raising awareness and helping families in need. Gary, throughout it all, has remained relevant to this day in the film and television and has gone on to appear in over 150 films spanning four decades, including the memorable, iconic classics Under Siege, Entourage, and The Firm. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest today, a tremendous honor, Gary Busey. Thank you very much. This is great for you to come to the home and talk to me about something that's so revealing in my life, which is a book about my life. And the book, I have pulled back the curtains to everything I am, and I can show everyone my everything when they read it. It's about the divorces, two, the bankruptcy, the traumatic brain injury, trip to the other side with the angels, cancer in the middle of my face, the movies, the music, the falls from grace and the rising up. It's a inspiring motivational book to those who read it because everybody on the planet has something they're going through and dealing with. This will help them find their own way by just seeing what I did. I'm not giving advice. I'm not giving blessings. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. When you read the book, you'll say, God, look what happened to Gary. It's amazing he's still alive. And then the people who read it will get inspired from the things I went through with what they're going through so it can be a parallel universe of success in the right direction of looking through the spiritual eye first. What was your first adversity that you went through as a young child? Uh, having my tonsils taken out in the second grade. That was, whoa, that was big time. And they saved a tonsil for me and put in a little jar of formaldehyde. And I got a sucker that was about as big as a Buick hubcap in the 50s. All day sucker. So the tonsil had to go. And I got a surprise at the end. Was your family the kind of family that was supportive of you or were they an absentee family? No, they were very supportive and very uh, disciplined correctly and Punctuation was on time. My dad was a CB in World War II. 
So he had a militaristic background, and he came back with post-stress disorder. Uh, they didn't have a way to fix that back then. So he lived his life still in the war, even though he was home in Oklahoma. And you're a young child, and you don't even know what's happening. Well, I knew what was happening only to me, and that's enough. Yeah. I didn't see my dad till I was one and a half, because he was in South Pacific World War II when I was born. 11.50 a.m., Goose Creek, Texas, Harris County, 30 miles east of Houston, on June 29th, 1944. So I am what's known as a war baby. I'm proud of that. And how was your mom during this time when he was not around? Fantastic. She had two sisters. She had two sisters named Ruth and Sis. And they took care of me. I had so much feminine female aunts and mothers just doting on me. It was very good. What I remember the most from my mother was way back then when living in Goose Creek and listening to Mar living in Marshall, Texas. Nobody could take a bar of soap and a wash rag and wash my ears like she did. It gave me such a feeling of pleasure and love. And, and it's just your ears, but you're, you know, you're five years old, four years old. That's why it's important to clean your ears before you listen. <laughs> What was the economic in your household? Was it a poor household? Was it a middle-class household? No, it was like uh, everyone else. Because during the war, everybody was status quo. But then, winning the war brought back an incredible amount of finances to the country. And we lived in a very abundant age from 1945 to 1955. And 1955 is when rock and roll music started on the radios. I was in the sixth grade. That's when I heard Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, Gene Vincent, the Blue Caps, Roy Orbison, and Buddy Holly. What was your first inspiration to get into this crazy business of entertainment? I went to see a movie when I was six years old called Samson and Lila with Victor Mature and Hayden Lamar. Victor Mature looked exactly like my father. Oh, he did? Oh, wow, there we have it. Anyway, the movie she took me to, I saw it, and when the movie was over, I said, where'd all the people go? And she said, well, this audience goes out and another audience comes in to see the picture show. And I said, no, those people, I pointed the screen. She said, well, they go off and they make another picture show for us to see. And I said, that's what I want to do. And mom said, you want to be in a picture show? And I said, no. I want to tell stories with light. That's when I got branded to be an artist in the electronic age. And the beautiful thing about art, art is only a search. It is not the final form. It's unlimited. So what's your next step? You're 11 years old. You're in sixth grade. Well, it's up to my parents. You know, we lived in Tulsa. Rock and roll started playing on the radio. Started having shock hops. Where you go take off your shoes and do bop to the rhythm and blues in the gym, you know. And did you want to play an instrument or sing? No, no. I had an instinct to play drums. I would get used, empty Quaker Oats canisters, Folgers coffee cans, and bowls turned upside down and 
uh, glasses. I'll take pencils and play a rhythm of drumming with those kitchen utensil sounds. It's very unique and interesting to me. And it's, it's just plugged into me because I've been a drummer for thousands and thousands of years. And I still am, and I love it. So how did you get the money to buy your first drum set? That was mom and dad. A red drum set. It was called Ludwig. And I'm the only, I was the only band member that knew the songs. So I ended up being a singing drummer. Like LeVon Helm in the band. and Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. Yeah. I always thought to myself, and I want you to help me with this, because I've always wondered this. Is it harder for a drummer to be able to sing and drum, or is it just as hard for a guitarist? Or it's, It depends on the artist. depends on the person. For me, it was just, I'm a self-taught drummer and guitar player. Started long ago, but it was well worth it. I brought a band out here from Oklahoma State University called the Rubber Band in 1966 when we went on the original Route 66 highway. They came out to play. Had 10 names on the list. The last guy wanted to hear us play and then he ended up helping us. Buddy Resnick is his name. How did you get to the point after you got the drum set to find people to form a band with in your area before you went to college? Well, I didn't do that. What happened was uh, I was playing football. In, in Oklahoma, it takes when you play football, that's all you do during football season. And then uh, I got a set of drums. I was going to Kansas State College in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And I auditioned for some bands, but didn't make it. So I Hurt my knee playing football, lost my scholarship football, transferred to Oklahoma State University where I studied drama. I got a dramatic scholarship. And I was pledging at Sigma Chi fraternity at Kansas State, so I came down to Sigma Chi house to ask if they had a room for me. Says I pledging there, could you do that? Well, they did it. And they had a bass player, a guitar player, and a piano player in the fraternity, but they didn't have a drummer. So bam, that's the magic of the angelic intervention right there. Define angelic intervention. That's when the angel, angels around you and your spiritual guides around you and all your relations guide you without you knowing it. And the instincts come also with the purpose you've been given by what, let's do this. Let's go to California and play rock and roll without any names or jobs. We just went. Did you have to convince your bandmates to go there? Oh, no. No. So how much money did you all have in your pockets before you traveled to L.A.? Okay, I'll tell you this. When I arrived in L.A., the band went down and had her pictures taken by the street sign, Hollywood and Vine. But we figured, now we made it. And I checked my pocket, and I had $13.67 in my pocket when I got here. And I met a guy named Doug Som, who had a rock and roll band. He gave me 40. He said, this will keep you till you need it again. Come see me. And so what was the first gig you got, and how did you find a place to live? Well, we lived in the valley, in Tarzana and Reseda. And uh, 
we played at the place for many, for several years called the Red Dog Inn, Red Dog Saloon or something at uh, North uh, Reseda, way up on the end of Reseda Boulevard. We played and just kept playing and kept playing very good. Playing songs from the Beach Boys, the Beatles. Uh, when did you guys write your first original song? Well, that was uh, 1968 when we made a deal with Epic Records and uh, I wrote all the lyrics and the band wrote the music. You wrote all the lyrics. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm a writer. I'm very happy to be a writer because I got a book I've written about. I want everybody out here listening to this to go get this book called Buseisms, Gary Busey's Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. It's a story of my memoirs, everything I've been through, the real hard parts, the overdose, the bankruptcy, everything about me and how I recovered from it. And it'll be inspiring to the reader who reads it when he understands this book came from my heart. The Buseyisms themselves are fascinating yeah. to me because I think to myself of all the original things that I've seen in writing, I'm just talking about current, even in the past 20 years, just original, unique things. I've never seen anybody create things that mean something so significantly, and there's 150 of them in here. Yeah, there is. And each chapter begins with abusism. Like, for instance, here we have uh, motivation. M-O-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N stands for moving our thoughts into victory and truth in overcoming negativity. That's motivation. What's fascinating to me is in order to get signed to Epic Records, you would have to have more than one original song. It's easy. You just get a producer, record producer, and have a company hear it. I say, yeah, here's a 15 grand. Go for it. You make it, you print it, put it out. Before with the rubber band, didn't you get some gigs opening up for some major acts across the country? No, right here at... Uh, Stanford University. The rubber band got chosen to open the headliner show. And we opened for Sly and the Family Stone, and he was an hour late. So you had to stretch? Oh, we didn't stretch. You just got booed and left the stage. You got booed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're playing a nice country song, country rock song, you know. Beautiful song, but who cares? One more slide. One thank you. Back then, <laughs> back then, the population that was watching a concert for Sly and the Family Stone, what was the ethnic breakdown? Was it 50% white, 50% black, or was it? No, no, SFW. It's all a mix. It's pourri. It's like marmalade. It's like uh, marble chocolate. It's, it's just beautiful. It's, I don't see in colors. I don't see colors. I see hearts. I feel hearts. Color doesn't matter. Color, color is a trick to make you feel bad in some way, how you've been raised or how you've been programmed. Get away from the color and listen to the heart. Awesome. When you look in the eyes of somebody when they're talking to you, they will feel your love. Eye connection is very valuable. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. 
It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the air doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the air doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. Tell our audience how you make the transition from music to acting and how that came about for you. Oh, it's natural. Two different art forms. I have an incredible music identity. That's my purpose. I have an incredible performing identity with telling stories with my physical body and the words and the costumes. That's acting. But acting is the absence of acting. 
It's believing in the truth of the moment you're creating in your heart at that instant. That's the truth. And the truth requires no questions. Well, let's say your band is singularly focused to be a great band, and then you're saying, I want to act. If you book a movie, you're gone for 12 weeks. It didn't happen that way. It happens quite naturally. You're planning ahead for something that hadn't happened yet with that statement. Uh, I did a motion picture called Grasslands. It was an incredible experience, an experiment, working in South Dakota with 14 actors, a period piece where we all had motorcycles built in 1905, 1910. And the, and the director took 21 hits of acid a day. Welcome to my dimension. You know, okay, Leo, that's all we say. And go to the scene. That's great. Enterprising work, boot camp. I learned from it. Give me the hard stuff because I'll make it easier. And that way I can inform others they can do it too. Was that your first movie? Yeah. How did you get that movie? Went to see, went on an audition. But and who sends you on an audition? Agent, I had a little agent. You did have an agent? Yeah, Len Shaw. In Los Angeles? Yeah. So here's the secret to the success I've had. It's a beautiful blessing I had working with a man named Mr. James Best, who was a contract player at Universal in the 50s and 60s. And he had a workshop that taught you film awareness and camera technique. And I was raised in classical theater, so put them both together and you got, you got a fireball, momentum that won't stop, but knows how to go light when it is to be light. How many auditions did you go on before you booked that first gig? I don't remember. My first jobs were, uh, my first job was high chaparral. I had one day of work and uh, I was to hit Leif Erickson, the star of the show, in the head with a stick while he was sleeping. And that's all. And then leave. Well, I was trained by James Best. And he, he told me, first job you get, go around to the head of every department. Wardrobe, camera, electricity, sound, props, grips, uh, actors, extras, makeup people, makeup, makeup hair, and tell them, if there's anything I can, this is my first job, I'm really excited. If there's anything I can do for you, would you let me know? I ended up working three days with seven lines because the whole crew said, that guy is great. Just because Jimmy told me to say, thank you. Can I do anything to help you? That's the ticket to success. Or one of the many. Take me through the next things that you started doing where you actually felt to yourself, I'm not going to concentrate on the band as much anymore and the music. Well, it happened at that movie. I went to the band, we had a meeting. I said, right now, our finances, our stock were dwindling and I found a new thing to do and it's called acting. So I'm gonna go into the movie industry. That was 1970. And we started out in 1965. How did they take that? To our heart, our, in fact, a few years before, the three band members got together and told me I had to leave the band. I was too hard, I, was, I worked too hard, I, drove, I, had, I was driven. I said, okay, you're gonna be for a drummer. Then when I told them I'm going to movies, not drumming anymore, they cried. Human emotions are cleverly disguised is anything you want them to, either unconsciously or consciously. 
at what point, what movie or what TV show did you do where you felt to yourself, I'm never doing anything else again as a profession? I don't try to think ahead of my natural logic, artistic endeavor. I just go with the flow, man. I'm not planning nothing. And the flow comes, if you're not planning anything, you're not in your way. And when you're not in your way, you have something to say, but it's good to listen to what the other person has to say first. And look him in the eyes without blinking when you when he's talking to you or she's talking to you. It's how to build family and allies and teamwork. Who was the first actor or actress that you worked with that really, really you learned from them like they were a master oh. of the acting craft? I don't see people like that. I see them as they are, which is the truth. No facade, costume, lines, hair, makeup, doesn't matter. I see them as they are. I feel them as they are. I feel their truth. Not the performer's truth, but their true truth. And the word truth, T-R-U-T-H, that stands for T, I'll take the letters that spell truth and give you abuseism. T-R-U-T-H stands for talking, taking real understanding to heart. And your heart is the face of your spirit, and your heart also has every answer to every question you don't know you have. We're very deep. Human beings are very deep. And the book will show you how deep you can go and how the thrill of coming out of the depth and being who you are and the truth to you. Finding the truth of yourself is what this book does for the readers. Because that book is about me finding the truth of myself and what I went through to get it, what I went through to do it, what I accomplished. And the word failing, F-A-I-L-I-N-G, I'm going to give you the abuses for failing. F-A-I-L-I-N-G stands for finding an important lesson, inviting needed growth. So you don't fail, you just find a better way to do it. Yay, victory. And get the book and read it, you'll have victory of your own. Do you feel like these thoughts are channeled through you from a different entity from long ago in ancient times? Well, I don't know. Ancient could be now. Ancient could be now, you know. it's uh, They're the same. Ancient and today, now, and the future, they're all the same. Just have different environments, eras, different things going on with the human being. And you must also remember that when you choose to live a life on Earth, you are coming into the planet of great competition with yourself, family. That's why family, parents, siblings, good schools, the church, all that is so good. All of that is so good for the youngster. And it's great. I have a 49-year-old, Jake Busey, incredible artist, and... Uh, and a daughter, Electra, is 22. She's a professional photographer. And Luke. I remember the first time you inspired me was when I was in a theater and I saw the movie A Star is Born. I know the new one just came out with Lady Gaga, but the version with you and Barbara <laughs> Streisand and Chris Christopherson, that performance blew me away. I felt speechless watching it. And I was wondering, when you were there on the set with Barbara, who is such an icon, did you feel like 
you were doing a transcendent performance or did you just feel like, eh, I'm just doing what I'm doing? No, I never, I never do that. That's a lazy way to do it. And people go, I'm just doing what I'm doing. They're, they, they're called self-defeaters. They defeat themselves. Uh, I've been in rock and roll bands, a lot of them. I've been on the road, Leon, a lot. I know the ordeal and the power a road manager has. I use that energy, portraying Bobby Ritchie, the road manager for Chris Stofferson. No acting required. You had to audition for the role, probably. No. I went in to meet Barbara, and she said, my God, did you see Polly Platt? I said, no. She said, you know who Polly Platt is? I said, yeah, wardrobe mistress. I've, I've known her for years. She said, well, who are those, who, whose are those clothes? I said, mine. That's the way you dress? I said, yeah. Normal? Yeah. She said, what are you doing now? I'm playing drums with Leon Russell. I want to meet him. So we went out in my van, Barbara and me, and met Leon and Mary. And Mary and Barbara sang a duet together. Mary. Mary Russell, Leon's wife at the time. They sang a duet together on one of Leon's songs called This Masquerade. In this magical moment of Mary and Barbara singing. After A Star is Born, I imagine people in your profession felt the same way I did because it seemed like after that I was seeing you more frequently in bigger and bigger movies. Well, what happened was uh, you're, you're chosen. You don't choose the part. And after I did uh, Stars Born, that was out of First Artist production company in Warner Brothers. Dustin Hoffman had a movie going out of First Artist called Straight Time. He met me. We met. Did it. Great. We did that. Didn't he like your son, then too? I did a movie. My son, Jake, who's now 49, played my son five years old in Straight Time. And we told him what to do in the scene. He came in and said, I'm going to do this scene once because I'm drawing trucks. Okay. Dustin, me, Jake, Kathy Bates, playing my wife. So we did the scene. We got got home. And on the way back home in the van, because Jake wanted the part. He chose his own name. He just admit so much to him. We didn't have to rehearse with him. He just improv, improv. Then on the way home, I said, Jake, you know, you said you wanted to act more than anything. You said you loved acting. What do you think about acting now? And he said, I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I said, well, why do you say that? You were great today. One take, you did great. Because, Dad, all you do is pretend, except you play like you're not pretending. Oh, whoa, whoa. He's five years old telling me, give me an acting lesson. That's beyond it. That's beyond the life's... Leaf, the town crier in Hamlet, which is the greatest acting lesson you can have in one big paragraph from the bard. That is the acting lesson of all times. And after that, I believe it was Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday, yeah. John Milius, once again, Warner Brothers. And we met. I have never surfed in my life because I grew up in Texas, Oklahoma. So John took me to Surf Riders Beach 
on a nine foot six board, stood up like I'm standing on the board and my left foot goes out front. I'm a regular foot. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the break to the right. And he pushed me into a wave. I stood up and rode at 60 feet. I said, that's it? He said, you never surf? I said, no, I told you, Texas, Oklahoma, don't have oceans. You're gonna be a world-class surfer. He said, I walked up to him and said, John, I play football, that's a collision sport. I can snap your sternum in a fraction of a second, move my helmet up, loosen your teeth, knock you down, help you up and tell you will be right back. Surfing <laughs> is for sissy boys. <laughs> oh. Four months later, there I was in Oahu, the island of Oahu on the North Shore in November. And the waves, I walked out. Billy Cat, my co-star, came running down the hall where we were staying in the, these bungalows. BFC, it's 15 feet in rising at sunset. I knew we had to go out. And when I saw the 25, 30-foot waves, I said two words, Jesus Palomino. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those things there. Came with the dinner. And so you find out through your agent that the Buddy Holly story is casting. That was very inspiring, too, because I thought... I'm in a small town. Yeah. I don't know anything about how Hollywood works or what's going on. All I know is I've seen Gary Busey, the actor, in two movies to that point as an actor. And then I go see the Buddy Holly story, and I'm actually watching it. And you might think that I was ignorant or dumb. I'm saying to myself, and this is impossible. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yep. And then I went to read articles, I believe, in the New York Times. And they talked about the performance and how you trained yourself as a musician. Music is an art. You don't train to do that. You just do it. If it were automatic for everybody, it's not. everyone would do it's it. It's automatic for me. Why do you think that is? Because that's a gift I got at birth. It's called freedom. And I'm going to take the letters to spell freedom and give you a definition. F-R-E-E-D-O-M stands for facing real, exciting energy developing out of miracles. That's the freedom. That's the utmost of freedom, your miracle. Everyone listening to this is a miracle in their own way and right. Everyone loves you for that. We're loved by everyone, even though they don't know us. We're children of God, entities of the spirit and the flesh. We're all the same. Sometimes what I observe in the entertainment business is people change from who they are when things happen to them they garner some kind of success and then something happens well, it's people around them the people around them want to curve you sculpt you into something that you're not sometimes and that's that's failing it's failing your truth so for you at that time you garner attention, you're nominated for an Academy Award. It's arguably 
at least in recognition in your profession, the greatest time of your life up to that point in 1978, 79. Well, you see, I'm different. Every point in my life is great. Every point in my life is great because I'm a, I'm a free spirit of love and giving. And uh, you start trying to, I never did have the ambition to go my own way and do it my own way without an agent or without a thing. I was always put in the place you need, I needed to be for the next step in evolution. Next step in evolution of this game I'm in called movie industry, art. So after the Academy Award nomination, you're saying mentally you stayed exactly the same or did it change you? No, it doesn't change. It's just an award night. Big deal. The important thing is you have insurance, you have a family, your health is good, and you're happy. Happiness is, whoa, that's the supreme being of emotions. Happiness. And that wraps up part one of our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with Wondery. Check out their lineup of some of the greatest podcasts in the world at Wondery.com. And Aquatrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And finally, Boku Superfoods, the purest, most potent, and delicious certified organic, kosher, and vegan superfood blends on the planet. Boku Superfood is changing the game for thousands of people in 65 countries with their incredible formulated powders that you just add any liquid to and make the healthiest drinks or smoothies in the world. Just go to BokuSuperfood.com. That's B-O-K-U Superfood.com. Look for the three-pack trial. Enter the promo code Barry at checkout. Just pay a minimal shipping fee and get a full week's supply of Boku Superfood for free. I guarantee you'll look and feel better and understand why Boku is the number one family-owned superfood company in the world. And that wraps up part one of two episodes. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. And here's a preview of the next episode. I've had many rainbows come after the storms I've been in that I put myself. If you could see a rainbow painted 300,000 times, that would be it. 
rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And the rainbow sits on the balcony of heaven. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money Drive that fancy car All the people love you Cause you're going far Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over So it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley Fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.